The Fable and Folly Network supports creators of exceptional audio stories, including the one you're listening to right now. If you love our shows, we want to hear from you. Complete our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey. This will help us learn more about you, what you like, what you'd like to hear more of, and how we can maintain an inclusive, safe atmosphere. As a thank you for your participation, we have extras and behind-the-scenes content from your favorite shows. Fans make the network what it is. Thanks for listening, and we can't wait to hear from you. Find our listener survey at fableandfolly.com slash survey today. Hey, this is Alex from Wolf the Door Studios, and uh, I'm the creator of the very worst thing that could possibly happen. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt like you needed to just disappear and start over? Um, Because if there was a company that could help me do that, I'd think about it. That's the premise of a really fun show called The Amelia Project. If you get a chance, pop on over there and take a listen. We're going to have a teaser at the end of the episode so you can get a sense of the vibe of the show. It's big, it's broad, it's funny, and I just love this premise of being able to uh, get some help disappearing from any of a number of really sticky situations. So do yourself a favor, check out The Amelia Project on Fable and Folly Network. And meanwhile, uh, enjoy the show. Thanks so much. Here, I'm done. Okay. Go stand on that scale. The big metal thing on the floor. Here? Yep. Stand still. What's that? Lift up your shirt! Just pull this tube over your stomach! We are so Ow! Yeah, this is gonna hurt! What? Nothing! Oh! How you doing? You okay? No! That hurt like hell! Yeah, that's what I hear. Oh, Jesus! Don't be a baby. Did you just suck a pound of flesh off me? I didn't. The machine did. The machine you were running. Hey, I'm just doing my job, okay? Check the mailbox. Already? I just mailed the letter. You just mailed a letter to 1959. 38 years ago. She's had time to write back. I guess that makes sense. I mean, not really, but okay. Just take a look. You're right. Look at that. Told you. Hey, do me a favor, though. Don't read it here, okay? I've got to close up. It's Kate. I'm at Triple A Mailboxes International, Hong Kong, 1997. The first letter just came through. Standing by.
the very worst thing that could possibly happen. Part two. Well, Sarah Cloutier, what do you have to say? Dear Rao, it's wonderful to hear from you. I'm afraid you're thinking of someone else, as I have never written a book. I've thought of it, but no, I'm just a typist. Your letter reminded me of something I haven't thought about in years. When I was young, I had a pen pal in China. Mr. Ming. This was something my school organized. We sent letters back and forth for a year. I don't think I even kept them. Is that in kind? I will keep your letter though. A friend, well, I think she's a friend, told me I could write you back. But she says I have to mail it a special way. Is there some secret mail service neither of us knew about? My life is disrupted and jumbled and things aren't making sense. Tell me if it's the same for you. I'd rather not be alone in this. So I await your reply. Yours, Sarah. Vinny, yes, Raoul. Oh, hey, man. What's up? Remember when we went to Changchun, that dinner? <laughs> Not much. Those Manchurian dudes can drink. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you guys are some depraved motherfuckers. Work hard, play hard, Raoul. What was the name of that place Mr. Wu likes to go to after dinner? The uh, place where everyone is so friendly, if you get my drift. Oh, yeah. Madam Songs. Why? You got crabs and want your money back? No, no. Just asking for a friend. Okay, that's all I needed. Thanks. Oh no. What? You didn't fall in love with a hooker, did you? That's like the worst thing that could possibly happen. No, it's not, you shithead. And no, I didn't. I'm just saying. Okay, I gotta run. Alright, later, bro. Hello. Hello, I visited you when I was in Changchun a couple of weeks ago and I met a woman named Ai. Is she around by any chance? No, she left. For good or she's just not there right now? Uh, hold on. Yeah, okay. Is this Raul? Yes. She said she'll meet you in Kazakhstan. I'm sorry, what? Almaty, Kazakhstan Empire Hotel, room 615. What? Almaty, Kazakhstan. Okay, wait, let me get the pen. Just why Kazakhstan? Empire Hotel, room 615. Okay. Empire Hotel, room 615. She left a message. She said, tell Raul it's in the middle. What does that mean? No idea. She says weird shit. I got to go. Sure. Thanks. Хорошо. До свидания. 
I'm hungry. Hello? I said I'm hungry. Is someone here? Hello? Bravo. It's me. Who? Me. The snake over here in the glass tank. Oh. What do you want? That's new. Usually people try to kill me when they hear me talk for the first time. Why would I kill you? I have no idea, but it happens a lot. I guess I can see that. I'm too tired. <laughs> Lucky me. Don't, don't do that. I, everyone taps on the glass. It's super I'm fucking sorry. annoying. I'm sorry. Okay, jeez. A mouse. That's what I want. To eat, I mean. Oh. Where do I get a mouse? Uh, pet store, maybe? Oh, okay. Like now, please? I haven't eaten since you brought me back from Changchun. Oh, uh, speaking of Changchun, do you know where I went? She went to Kazakhstan. That's what I heard. Any idea why? A mouse. Now, please. All right. All right. Thanks. I'll be back in an hour. You know where to find me. Oh, you're like the funny talking snake. Dear Sara, I don't know if your friend explained this to you, but it's 1997 here. At least that's what anyone would tell you if you asked what year it is. <laughs> I'm not sure anymore. Ever since I went to the mailbox, I feel like I stopped being here in this time. It isn't an unpleasant feeling, it's like having a secret, and also I feel sort of invulnerable. I guess that's why I don't mind walking towards the protesters. I'm not afraid. I'm only barely here at all. started in the square, the protest reached a climax yesterday outside the parliament in Algiers as the French military moved... It's sad, isn't it? What's happening? In Algiers? De Gaulle is such an hypocrite. He'll never let the referendum pass. Shh. Save the politics for your comrades at the cafe. Sleep some more. No, no. I'm awake. I'm awake. Ugh, my head. Here. Coffee will help. Thanks. Where are my clothes? Oh, uh... Oh, over here. <laughs> Here's your dress. I, I should get home. Uh, do you see my bra? Uh, oh, over there. On the floor? I just... I, I have to meet my father for lunch, and I can't look like this. It, it, it's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. No, it's not that. I just... Um, There's plenty of time before lunch, Sarah. Take a breath. I have to go. But thank you for the coffee, but I'm going. You are perfect. Everything flows. Remember that. <laughs> Everything flows? Everything flows. About it every day, but only for a little while. And 
Diego! Hello, Kate. Hold on. Hey, uh, how are you? Busy. Okay, I just have a letter to mail. Another? That didn't take long. Yeah, here you go. Okay, you know the procedure? Oh, yeah, uh, that part. Hey, do you know anything about a talking snake? What? Ah! Ah! Gee, that hurts. Oh, oh, a talking snake. Do you know anything about a talking snake? Oh, him. Yeah. Did you feed him? Not yet, but he said he was hungry. Snake is always hungry, and he gets cranky if he doesn't eat. Is there a pet store around here? Try the cat street market. I think they sell mice. Is that a joke? No, no, I mean it. Did you get a response? Let me check. Yep, right there. I gotta get back to work. Are these yours? What? These tapes. Is this your music? Oh, yeah. Daydream Nation. It's a great record. Let's not, okay? It's not good to be too friendly with the customers. Huh. What? That's what she said. The woman who gave me the address. It's not good to be too friendly. Those exact words. Yeah, well, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Wait, so she's your mom? She's only like five years older than Some other time. I have a lot of mail to sort back there, okay? I'm not sure I can believe that you live in a different time. Claire, the woman who told me about your letter, hinted that you were far away. And I felt sad when she said that. But then she made me feel better. Better than maybe I have ever felt in my entire life. I was adrift though, like a little boat thousands of miles from the coast. And I think I was mad about that. There was a riot in my heart. I cried in the taxi home. Yeah? Yes, on the left. Thank you. And in the shower, as I washed the sex off my body. But you know what? I wasn't dirty. They made me think I was the parents and teachers and priests and bosses. But it's not true. It was never true. That night with Claire, that was the threshold, a door that opened. My heart had been closed. It had been curled up tight against a vicious winter. And this was the first spring breeze. It unfurled and announced itself to the universe. Here I am. Am I beautiful? I think maybe yes. 
Yes, I am. Am I alive? I am absolutely alive. Before, I'd been slow to open up to anyone. And it had been long enough that the desire itself had faded out. The spent candle. But as soon as Claire ran her fingers through my hair, I started to wake up. Do you know what I mean by that? My whole attention focused on the feeling and the possibility of more. I got lost in her eyes. She's Chinese and her eyes are so dark. They pull you in and keep you out at the same time. Wow. She pressed her perfect body against me. Her long black hair spilling all around us. She bit my neck made beautiful sounds and then we made love taking turns all night until the sun came up and we're giggling and wrestling and kissing and fucking drunk definitely and happy and free that night for those hours I think we offended the machine the machine of state, of capitalism. We escaped every agent of the secret police of a normal, well-planned life. So that's what I thought, as I kissed Claire's neck and touched her, saying a slow goodbye. Now, I had a weapon. Now, I had leverage. But I think the machine knew it too. How can I tell you all these secrets but no one else? What do you think I'm terrible? Or cheap? Or a slut or a whore? Perhaps I don't care. That would be something, wouldn't it? To not care. That would be powerful. Salut, ça va? Ça va, ça va. How are you? Well. What? What is it? I broke it off with Jean. Oh, yes. Monsieur Cloutier, mademoiselle. Good to see you again. Hello. Frédéric. Oh, should I call you camarade? Oh, God, you didn't talk politics with him, did you? I may have expressed some opinions. Oh, no, here we go. He thinks the gold needs to give Algiers back. It's not our soil. There's French blood in that soil. Mm. The usual? Of course. And for you? Uh, just an omelette. Of course. Uh, to drink? White wine, please. And hey, uh, Trotsky, some more bread, please. You have to stand in line. You know you shouldn't talk politics here. You come here, what, two times a week, three? Don't shit where you eat, Papa. He's from Algiers. With that accent, he's from Paris. His people are from Algiers. What does that have to do with anything? He's a communist. Hold on. Go back. Jean broke it off. No, I broke it off with him. But why? This is terribly so solid, you know. Uh, he was cheating on me. Already. <laughs> We're not even married yet. I don't need to be lied to for the rest of my life. Uh, then don't get married. Papa, you're such a cynic. No, no, no. 
Not that everyone will lie on purpose, that's not the problem. It's that everyone lies when they don't even mean to. That's what really sucks. That's terribly sad. Well, you get over it. You want someone to tell you the truth? Get a pet. Hey, Trotsky, where's the wine? Here you are, camarade. Ah, c'est la merde. Did you change the wine? I didn't. Management did. I don't like change. Thank you. So, you sure about this? About Jean? Oh, yes. It, it's weird. It was only yesterday, right? But I'm already over it. It's gone. Sometimes feelings do that, don't they? They just, uh, they leave. And you can remember they were there, but it's only a memory. Could, could be a memory of anything, really. A, a pair of shoes, a tennis racket, but... This was love, wasn't it? I don't know. Maybe not, then. I think Jean is an old coat. It fit great. I wore it all the time. It made me look like I wanted to look. But now it's spring, and... I don't need it. Next time winter comes around, maybe I want a new one. People aren't coats. I know, I know, but I think I was only with him because he fit. You understand? When other people saw us together, they thought, oh yes, they look like a couple, that's a match. But that doesn't mean anything. Not really. Mm. It does, a little bit. When your mother died, Suddenly, the way everyone saw me changed. Now I am the old lonely guy. And that put the idea in my head, uh, maybe uh, I am the old lonely guy. So now that's the coat you're wearing. Yeah, that's a coat. <laughs> and it's a shitty coat. <laughs> well, at least it's spring. Here's your change, uh, monsieur. Thank you. Spasiba. Ah, oh, papa. Don't listen to him. He doesn't mean it. It's okay. He's wrong. I'm not a communist. I'm an anarchist. Oh, that's even worse. Get your jacket, papa. I'll meet you outside. Of course, I will. Hey, Trotsky. Do you smoke? You need a cigarette? I have some behind the bar if you want. I can. No, I mean. Do you have a break when you can't smoke? I'm an anarchist. I take a break whenever I want. I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> Understood, camarade. Dear Sarah, Thank you for your letter. It's so strange to hear your voice. The voice of the author who wrote my favorite book. It sounds like things are changing for you. Which is good. If you're anything like me, at least. If you're sad all the time and you don't know why. At least we're not alone. 
Hey, excuse me, hey. Hi, uh, do you sell snakes? Mm, sure, lots of snakes. Come, look. Oh, yeah, look at that. That's a lot of snakes. Very rare. This one's good for you. Make you a strong man. So what do you feed them? You don't feed, you eat. I know, I know, but I mean you. What do you feed them? Oh, mice. They like mice. That's what I'm looking for, mice. Oh, you already have snake. Yeah, sort of, he was a gift. Nice gift. I guess. So you need mice. Okay, I have. You want how many? Uh, let's start with one. Okay, one mouse. Give me 40. For a mouse? <laughs> I'll give you 10. Fat mouse! 20. 15. Okay, okay. What kind of snake is it? I have no idea. How do you know it eats mice? It told me. That's not good. Snakes don't talk. Here's your mouse. Thanks. So the man takes the mouse, puts it in a cardboard box, and puts the cardboard box into a brown paper bag. I gave him the 15 bucks, and he hands me the bag. Easy, right? But from there, the whole thing turns into a Buster Keaton movie. I'm walking home, all happy and proud, with a live mouse in a paper bag. But I pass a restaurant, my usual place right around the corner, and man, it just smells amazing. So I go in and order my noodles, and not really thinking about it, I put the paper bag down on the counter. But then one of the delivery guys accidentally picks up my bag, the bag with the mouse in it, and takes off before I realize what's happening. So I tell the old guy who runs the place, and he starts yelling at me. Apparently, the delivery was for, like, his favorite customer or something. So he puts the order the delivery guy should have taken into my hands, tells me the address, and shoves me out the door. And he's yelling at me very emphatic. So, boom, I go running after the delivery guy, and it's so hot outside, I'm sweating like two rats fucking in a wolf sock. I get to this high-rise apartment building a couple of blocks away and explain to the doorman what happens, and he says, yeah, the delivery guy just went up. So he lets me go after him, and I go to the 23rd floor, apartment 2305, and there's the delivery guy. Now, normally I'd know the delivery guys. I order from this place a couple of times a week, you know? But this guy is new, so I have to explain everything, and when I tell him there's a live mouse in the bag, he opens it up to take a look, and then he fucking screams and drops the bag. Which is exactly when this beautiful woman opens the door. Now the mouse runs straight into the apartment, but she doesn't see it. She's just looking at us, wondering what the hell is going on. And just past her on the living room floor, the fucking mouse, which is clearly scared to death, dodges under the couch. Now the beautiful woman, let's call her Sandra, Sandra somehow completely missed the mouse situation, so she just gives a blank stare as I hand her the bag with the noodles in it and walked right past her and start rifling under the couch. And I can see the mouse right there, just inches out of my grasp. I'm stretching, I'm stretching, I've almost got it. Neither of us saw that fucking cat coming. So, okay, the mouse makes a break for the bedroom, at which point Sandra finally sees him and screams. I chase the mouse into the bedroom and make a diving grab, and just in time I manage to grab the fucker. I mean, he's fast, but I'm faster. But the cat, that stupid, hostile cat, he jumps on me. I guess he's assuming that me and the mouse are working together, so we're both enemies, and he's gonna take us out. 
Sandra is horrified by her little kitten, who suddenly turned into a feral monster. And she comes over to grab the beast, who is clawing at my face, but we all fall back onto the bed, and somehow the button from her adorable business casual shirt dress gets stuck on my belt buckle. The cat runs away, but I'm still holding the mouse, and Sandra decides she needs to get away from the two of us. It's pretty understandable. But as she pulls herself up, her entire dress rips off her like tearaway pants on a male stripper. Now, she's standing there in nothing but panties, and perhaps this doesn't matter, but did I mention that she's gorgeous like a straight up 10? And of course, that's when her husband walks in. Her eyes explode with the terrified look as she stares at me, wondering if I have a solution, I suppose. But I got nothing. So, I just give her a silent shrug. She shoves me behind the bed to hide, and then she puts on her sweet and sexy face, leans in the doorway seductively and calls out to her husband. What's gotten into you, he says. Do you mind? No, no, not at all. Then fuck me, but let's do it in the kitchen. Really, I think we need the bed. No, 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 the kitchen. That's what I want. She purrs and walks to the kitchen, which is on the other side of the apartment. Hubby's no fool. He sees her in those heels and black panties and his game on. Which means I can manage to slide out from behind the bed so quiet like a ninja. And the mouse is in my pocket now, 100% furious at the whole situation. And I crawl on my belly like a commando towards the front door. The last thing I saw as I squeezed quietly to the door was Sandra leaning up against the wall as her husband had his face buried in her ass. And she looked at me square in the eye, smiled, and moaned the words, thank you. I thought she was talking to her husband, but she winked at me and closed her eyes, hiked up one leg, and reached back to shove her husband's face deeper inside. She looked happy. Dear Ral, 10 minutes after I walked my father to his apartment, the anarchist we call Trotsky had my panties around my ankles and was pushing me up against the greasy towel of the bathroom wall. I don't know what I was thinking. As he was biting my neck and his hands felt my hip bones, my thighs, my garden. No, I won't be polite like that, it's stupid. He put his hand on my pussy, first on my clit, rubbing gently, then grabbing my whole pussy with his hand and firmly squeezing and thumping. I breathe his breath, feel his muscles through his shirt and ugly black vest. I hold his hand in mine and move it, move into it. You see, I learned something at Claire's party last night. This machine we live in, it's vulnerable. 
It has a weakness. It's really a new world, I mean. But it's not the same. And I'm not the same. Not at all. So glad you came back, mademoiselle. <sighs> Please call me Sarah. Mm -hmm. Just as you like. Yes, as I like. <laughs> Just like. Raoul, I don't know what else to say. I'm opening myself up to you in a way that I probably wouldn't if you weren't on the other side of the world. Maybe in another time. Maybe not there at all. I hope this letter finds you well. And please respond if I haven't offended you with my rambling. Yours truly, Sarah. Au revoir, mademoiselle. Au revoir, monsieur. Estroski. Fine. Red Hand 5307. Jean, you're going to have to call the director. You really fucked this up. I know, but that guy scares the shit out of me, man. So this one's on you. We... We are going to have to adjust the plan. I don't fucking know. Just deal with it. The very worst thing that could possibly happen was written and directed by Alex Kemp, starring Antonia Desplat as Sarah, Isaac Gonzalez Rossi as Raul, and Yvette Liu as Claire. This episode also features performances by Mo Judy Lamour, Pej Vedat, Francois Guettari, and James Taku Long, with Tiffany Chu, Kai Chen, Camila Borgasani, Kevin Steedham, and Brian Yang. The show is produced by Chica Barbosa. Engineer and sound designer is Bo Milkus. Our intimacy coordinator was Denise Kamalo, the sensitivity reader, Sarah Clark. Music is by Alex Kemp, except for the scene with Sandra and the mouse. <laughs> that was composed and performed by Matthew O'Malley. Thank you, Matthew. Production coordinators are Kendra McDonald and Louise Netz. Consulting producers, Camilo Garzon and Federico Torado. The executive producers are Winnie Kemp and Alex Kemp. The show is recorded and mixed at Wolf of the Door Studios in Venice, California. To find out more about the show and our other shows, Look for us on Instagram or Twitter at WATD Studios. You can also sign up for our mailing list and find out some more information at our website, WLFDR.com. Okay, thanks. Thanks for listening.
the Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Congratulations. You've reached the Amelia Project. A new life awaits. If you're not serious about this, hang up. If you continue, there's no way back. Leave your message after the beep. Enter the offices of the Amelia Project and be ready for surprises, twists and turns. Follow the Amelia team as they help their clients fake their deaths and come back with new identities. Each episode is different. Each client coming to the death-faking agency has a unique story to tell. If death and disappearances, comedy and crime, mystery and magic sounds like your cup of... Coco, The Amelia Project is the podcast for you. Search for The Amelia Project wherever you find your podcasts. And remember, leave your message after the beep. <laughs>